Do you consider yourself a nice guy? Do you care a lot about what people think of you? Do you often put people's needs and wants before your own? Do you ever think if you could just eliminate porn from your life, then everything would be okay? So what is so wrong about being a nice guy? Here's the deal. Nice guys are inherently dishonest. You see, they show people one version of themselves, the nice guy, in order to get approval. And they hide anything else that they find unacceptable. And this can include their deep needs, their flaws, mistakes, wounds, emotions, desires. And this practice that nice guys have, it fundamentally undermines the whole process of recovery. That's what myself and my good friend, Matt Dobshoots, the Dobber, discuss on this episode of the Grizz podcast. You see, this actually was an episode on his podcast, the Porn Free Radio podcast. He invited me to come on, and I was happy to do so. I did more listening than talking because Matt has some really good insight into this subject because of all the men that he works with in his coaching ministry to help them recover and become a porn-free man, live a porn-free life. So this is a good conversation, man. I gained a lot from it, a lot of good guidance, wisdom. There's some encouragement, motivation, and definitely some laughs. We both have a big love for Van Halen. So (laughs) you'll hear us talk about that as well. The book that he mentions in this episode is No More Mr. Nice Guy, A Proven Plan for Getting What You Want in Love, Sex, and Life by Robert Glover. I'll put a link to that in the show notes, and I'll also put a link over to recoveredman.com, which is Matt's website with the Porn Free Radio podcast, and Matt also has a new book that he recently came out with called Porn Free, and it's a great book. I've recommended it before here on the podcast. I'll put all of that in the show notes for you guys. So here we go. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast, where our mission is to help boys become men and to help men become better men. It's going to be raw, it's going to be real, and it's going to be relevant. Now, here's your host, Jason George. I'm your huckleberry. I got to be honest, I'm kind of struggling today. I got some great content planned, and uh, but I'm just kind of out of the groove. I don't know what it is about podcasting today. Uh, so I invited Jason George, the Grizz, to sit in with me, and he just walked away from the microphone. So we're we're off to a rip roar and start. There he is. He's on the mic. Jason, are you there? I'm here, brother. All right. Now I just brought you because I told you before we started recording. I'm just a little out of my out of out of sync today. I'm a little in a funk. I got some stuff planned, but I needed some extra motivation. And uh, you're always like you know, getting hyped up, drinking coffee. 
So I brought you on. Are you going to be able to be my hype man today on the podcast? Dude, right now I have some hype medicine for you. And you need this, brother. I can tell you need it. Get the coffee in you and... You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking. Give me a little more. (laughs) Come on, diver. This is your time to fly. All right. Okay. All right. I'm feeling it. And I'm... I am super excited uh, about this summer, and I'll tell you why. Um, if you ever get a chance, wherever you're at in the, in the States, if you ever see a band coming to town called the Atomic Punks, uh, they are the world's greatest Van Halen cover band. And they do a Van Halen experience that is all Dave Van Halen. They, they basically realized about 20 years ago that people were missing Dave Van Halen, Dave, David Lee Roth's version of Van Halen, late 70s. A lot of people didn't see that version of the band. And they started touring, and they, they kind of are um, they're unashamed. They just say, hey, we, just, we love all of Van Halen, but we love this era. And we know a lot of people didn't get to see it, so we're just... They, they say this right at the beginning of the concert. We're just going to recreate that experience. And I kid you not, within the first couple notes of them playing like Eruption or whatever, one of those old songs, you believe it. Like you immediately believe it. They are so good. They look like Van Halen. They sound exactly like them. Um, Howard Stern said they do Van Halen better than Van Halen does themselves. Yes. Looking at their website. I know. They are amazing. And I, I they're so good. Uh, I mean, David Lee Roth has said they're great. Um, when Michael Anthony got booted out of the band, he actually played with them sometimes. He did a couple shows mm-hmm. with them. Um, and so I saw them once in Phoenix, Arizona on a work trip. It was, uh, you know, part of my plan for that trip is I was trying to find things to do and get out of the hotel room. So I wasn't, uh, putting myself in harm's way. And so I remember randomly going to them and seeing them and they are coming into town and I'm going to go see them on, I think July 28th. So I'm super excited about that. Well, their website's only showing one show, Saturday, May 21st. Wait, more info. Saturday, May 21st at Long Beach, California, because I'm like, man, are they coming down here to South Carolina? Yeah, they're coming to – I know they're going to be in, in Chicago in July, so that's – that's Okay. Because um, they came, uh, I think, a summer ago, and so they're coming again. So I'm super excited about that. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, this has helped me. I'm starting to fill out of my funk. Good. I'm going to play – the porn free radio theme, and then and then we're then we're gonna get into this episode on the other side. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Porn free radio. Gentlemen, you're listening to me right now. You and I are together. I'm there. I'm in your headphones. I'm in your stereo. Your Bluetooth. Whatever. We're there together. You know, I'm on the treadmill with you or wherever you are at right now. That's the best part about a podcast. There's a community aspect to it. I'm going to break that down. All right, 
I'm not going to rap for you today. Don't worry. But I'm amped up. Look, here's another way to look at it. Man, I love the hook on that song. That's good. What up? This is for motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn. And just even if you and I are in this conversation right now, I'm talking, you're listening to me. We're together. I'm saying, dude, come on, man. I want you to feel good enough. I want you to feel loved at your core. I want more for you. Life doesn't have to be defined by your porn addiction. Gentlemen, we're not alone in this. Well, welcome to Porn Free Radio. This is the podcast for motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn. This is where you come to get hope and take action. I'm your host, as always, Matt Dobschutz, and I'm joined by Jason George the Grizz. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the Gri- from the Grizz podcast, and a little a little uh, known fact about the Porn Free Radio theme, uh, it was uh, developed by a listener who uh, listened to both um, both the Porn Free Radio podcast and listened to to the Grizz podcast, and that little sample, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that little sample, I never played that on the <laughs> I never played that on Porn Free Radio. It, but that was played a lot. Uh, Jason would use that a lot in his podcast, and I think when he made my theme, he he just he had had that little sample in there, and he just threw it in there. So I just you thought can't that, go wrong with uh, Run DMC, man. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, check this out. <laughs> I, I got both of them. I got both of them. Um, so Jason, welcome to uh, uh, welcome to Porn Free Radio. Hey, I got a question for you before we get started. You know, we did a podcast last week with Aaron, who moved from uh, moved from New York City down to South Carolina. And um, which Carolina did you move to? I'm in South Carolina too. Great episode, Aaron. If you're listening, man, it was a tremendous dude encouragement to me to hear your story, hear you be real, and the fact that you know Wu Tang Clan. Like, wow. <laughs> How how crazy is that? The Wu Tang Clan piece. Uh, uh, I just love how he's like, yeah, I'm at Ghostface Killers Gym. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, you know, I was wondering what was up with Ghostface Killer. Uh, I was thinking about him this week, and sure enough, uh, he uh, showed up on the new Kendrick Lamar album. He's got a verse on one of the songs, so he's still out there working. Is, wow, yeah. So anyway, uh, okay, so here's my question. You were in the Maryland, uh, kind of r- rural Maryland, is that fair to say, or not Not Baltimore? Yeah, Southern Maryland is uh, a little distinct. That's where I was. It was about 20 minutes outside of D.C. I grew up in the D.C. area. Um, but, yeah, we've been down here in South Carolina for about a year now. Big transition, man. And it's, uh, the culture is totally the same, right? <laughs> uh, nah. <laughs> now, 
I, I like the fact that you started by playing Van Halen, but I've heard that you only can listen to country music now. Like you're a big uh, Brooks and Dunn fan now, I heard. Ah, uh, dude. There's only like two country people that I like. And most people don't even know him. Garth but, Brooks. <laughs> yeah, I like some Garth. He's all right. But there's this dude named Cody Jinks that is a lot of people don't know him. But yeah, that's some of the only country I like, bro. I, uh, a lot of those country guys, they're not country. They just try to look country, play the part. <laughs> you know, what's weird is uh, I feel like a lot of country music now, and this is maybe I'm going to get hate mail for this, but I feel like a lot of country music is that is like that really safe rock music from the 80s, like Starship. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like yep. if Starship came out today, they'd put on cowboy boots and they'd be singing, we built this city on rock and roll. It would just, they'd twang up their voice. But think about the music, the way the music sounds. It sounds like that 80s rock that I never liked. Yep. And that's one of the reasons I like this guy, Cody Jinks. I had heard him on an interview two years ago on a podcast and so I checked him out, and he's uh, he's like legit, man. What he's singing about, he lives. You know, he's got some good songs just about uh, hippies and cowboys, some good songs about uh, his love for bourbon. So I like it, man. All right. Well, I, I, the, the, this conversation is going to come to a screeching halt because I've exhausted my knowledge of, uh, of country music. After Garth Brooks, I know Brad Paisley and uh, – I can think of the chicken fried guy, um, Zach Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then my wife. I don't know much either, man. My wife likes one of those guys, and this is so weird because she doesn't like country music at all. She likes that guy who's got the beard, and he's kind of like rough. Um, Mm. I heard her listen to this guy. Not Sturgill Simpson. Okay. All right. I'm not going to edit this episode. We're just going to leave right. this in. I have no idea. I cannot remember who the guy's name is. He's one of the famous know. guys right now. Chris Stapleton. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. the one. My yeah. wife has, I think she heard a song on Grey's Anatomy or something by him. I can't figure out where she would have heard this guy. Uh, but she, she's she got one of Chris Stapleton's songs on one of her playlists. So, uh, uh, all right. So that's the end of my, my knowledge of country music. All right. So here's what I wanted to talk to you. This is one of the reasons I invited you on. Um, I want to talk about integrity. And I want to talk about... Uh, something called the nice guy syndrome. So um, first, I want to get a quick take from you. What's what's kind of a what when you hear the word integrity? And you, I know you you're 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 a church guy. Um, you've been in you know the Christian subculture for a long Don't time. Call me a church guy. Well, you know, I mean, you, you grew up in the church. You know, <laughs> I you, did. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. You went to Liberty University. Uh, you you're know. editing that out. Right there. <laughs> Edit that out. I'm not kidding, dude. Don't. They're going to oh, throw yeah. me in that category. 
Okay. All right. Okay. I don't want to put you in the category, but let's just say you know what it's like to be around church and sometimes the good part of church and you know, you know, sort of the downside and the dark side of church. So here's my question. What's, what would you, if someone asks you, what, what do you, cons- what's integrity? How would you answer it? I'm just curious. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, in high school, one of my teachers had this poster up on her wall and I'm sure everybody's heard it, but it just said real big integrity. And then it had the definition under it and it said, what you, what you do when nobody's watching or who you are when no one is watching. And that always really stuck with me. Um, I guess I would take it even further, like, you know, doing the right thing, even when no one else, no other people are watching. And that would be integrity, like where you're, what you say that you believe what you're about, you're in alignment, like you talk about in your podcast, like you, you need to be in alignment to be out of alignment is unhealthy. It causes a lot of problems for the person and also their relationships. That's what comes to mind for me, man. So for you, it's, it's like, a, um, kind of a, a consistency where, um, you know, I'm doing things that are right and I'm doing things in alignment with my beliefs, even in secret when I'm alone. It looks the same on the outside as on the inside. Yeah, that's what I'm striving for. Uh, I don't have it down perfectly. Only, you know, God does. But I'm striving for that. I've made progress in that. I try to catch myself, whether it's... uh you know, if I see something that I need to correct with my finances that I'm like, man, that's, that's no integrity in that. I need to adjust that and do the right thing. Then I, I strive to make those changes with uh, purity to I was tempted this past week. I was just in my accountability group before I got on the podcast with you. And there was a temptation that popped up something on Facebook, an attractive looking actress that, man, there was just something about her her features, everything, you know, we all have what does it for us. And I wanted to go there and I wanted to like learn more about her, that kind of thing. And thankfully I was able just to pull myself out of that little trance and go, nope, stop. That's not who I want to be. And I've been saying to myself certain affirmations. And one of the things I'll say is I'm, I'm a porn free man. I'm a man who no longer looks at porn and uh, I just will go through my day driving down the road and say something like that. There's other ones too, but reminding myself, this is who you are. So be who you are. Do I do it perfectly in every single area? No, I don't. But that's what I'm striving for, man. Because when I'm out of alignment and I have been out of alignment many times as a Christian, I've portrayed one thing, And uh, even as a pastor, I was a youth pastor for 15 years. And then I did itinerant speaking as an evangelist at youth camps and men's events for 10 years. Um, There were times that what I was portraying on stage was not what was really going on behind the scenes. And I was the most miserable I've ever been in that. And I had to address that. So I don't know if that helps you, bro. Yeah, no, it, it, I, I, it's a great setup for, for what I want to talk about. Um, um, recently, some guys that I've been coaching, 
will come up with their why for being porn free. And I've noticed this with a couple of guys who come from a faith background. Um, they will kind of name check uh, the, the, the idea of integrity. And I have a definition of integrity similar to you, you know, this idea of intactness, you know, being whole and undivided, what I do in my private life, you know, what I do when no one's looking is the same, same on this inside as on the outside, that type of thing, right? A real kind of wholeist, wholehearted wholeness, intactness, right? And and I am, you know, when people say words, a lot of times, and you'll you know this in coaching. It's easy to just go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what this guy means, <laughs> right? But lately, uh, I've been doing a coach. This is a coach thing you do. Even if someone says something that you think you totally understand 100%, ask what do they mean by it. Explain more. Because they will start to tell you what their beliefs are underneath the words they're using. That's good. I'm writing that down. And, and so if someone says to you in one of your groups, well, I just want to be in integrity and I'm, a, you know, I'm a strong Christian and I want, to be a, I want to be in alignment with my faith and blah, blah, you know, it sounds good. It sounds good. But tell me more about integrity. What, what, what do you mean by that? And what I've noticed is a lot of times when guys say integrity, here's what they think is the problem. They think that, well, I have this porn behavior that I'm doing in secret. And that is my problem. That is my problem. If I were to not do porn, then I would have integrity. I would be essentially good. And the Mm. thing is, is they're focused on good behavior. Integrity equals good behavior. And it's not like even your definition. They're not necessarily thinking good behavior when I'm alone or what what people can't see, they're just really, it's the idea of looking good. Mm. And, and they think the problem is, well, I'm doing this porn stuff and that's my problem. And that's keeping me from being good and being seen as good. My wife's upset about it. My, it, you know, it doesn't match my values. It's keeping me from being quote unquote good. But the problem with that good behavior definition is it ignores all the other things that are under the surface that go into integrity. Mm. Um, so I was thinking about this, uh, I was thinking about this analogy of a boat. Um, one of the ways that we use the word integrity, and I've probably said this on the podcast before, one of the ways we use the word integrity is we say, Hey, that, that boat, the hull of that boat, um, has integrity, meaning it's completely intact. There's no cracks, right? And a boat's a great, a great analogy because a lot of the boat, a majority of all boats are under the water, right? Mm. Think about it. You have a big cruise liner. It's got a couple of decks. It's got a big thing. A lot of the water, a lot of the, maybe even half of the boat is under the water mm. um, and can't be seen. But if there's a crack anywhere under there, that's a problem, right? Mm. Just what's seen above the surface is not, it would not be integrity. That wouldn't be, we need wholeness throughout the whole boat, right? Yep. And, and so um, 
So where can the cracks be? Well, of course, a crack can be bad behavior, right? Uh, you know, we have an unsound activity, porn, right? It, it breaks, you know, for Christian guys, there's a moral component to it. There's a lust component. There's or an immoral component. There's a lust component. Uh, you know, it, it has other costs and consequences, which we document on this podcast. Of course, um, that is a, that's a, that's a crack. But what guys who are just focused on being good miss is all the other potential cracks. What, 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 what about a need that's not getting addressed? Mm-hmm. What about weakness or places where you haven't built skills to overcome challenges, right? You, mm-hmm. you, have a, you fundamentally didn't get, you know, you, you didn't learn how to do something. You didn't learn how to ask for something. You didn't learn how to, how to build a skill in an area of weakness. Um, yep. How about wounding? That, there's one that people ignore. You know, people have been sexually abused. People have had uh, uh, other types of abuse growing up. They absorbed a lot of wounds as child, <clears throat> as children. And if those don't go, uh, if those go unaddressed as we get older, those cracks get bigger. What's that effect? Um, yeah, a real a, a real basic one too is emotions. Just how do we deal with powerful emotions? When we do fast check-ins uh, in, in the rev groups, you know, the first thing we talk about is, hey, what are the big feelings coming up in your week? Good mm. or bad? Positive or negative? You know, big feelings uh, drive our behaviors a lot of times if we're not being intentional, right? We have a bad day at work. What do we do? We want to escape. And, and we might do some unsound activity. We might just zone out on... Netflix or some other thing or you know, eat too much uh, ghost pepper uh, well, ghost pepper kettle <laughs> chips from Trader Joe's. I heard yep. uh, I heard you're starting a new recovery group for ghost pepper uh, kettle chips. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> you're powerless um, over that open bag. Yep. Yep. It's an incredible 12 step program. Right. To overcome kettle chip addiction. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I mean, obviously there's all sorts of things that, that, um, big emotions can sometimes drive behavior. Sometimes they're, they're more innocent. Sometimes they're more wicked. Um, but, but big, big emotions are a big deal. So, so even that can be a crack, right? I don't know how to deal with stress. I don't know how to deal with rejection. Uh, I, I believe it or not, when I feel, happy or or excited or 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 proud of myself i i sometimes self-sabotage um and and then desire what do i want what do i really want in life you know what 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 are some of those other things if i if desire is unmet if i don't really acknowledge it or aware of it it can come out and leak out in in um uh, you know ways that are out of integrity so this idea of integrity, I really like to think of this as being whole and undivided. It's intact. Just think of that boat. There's no cracks. And, and if there's a problem, if there's a need that's being uh, uh, not met, the, just like, you know, just like a, a boat, uh, a, the, uh, the crew on a boat would, would tend to a crack or would weld up a problem. Um, you know, that's what we're doing. We're looking for ways to keep that hull intact. And we're, we're, we're doing everything. We're not just focused on good behavior. We're not just focused on above the surface stuff too. Yeah. Um, 
we're, we're focused on the wholeness uh, of, of, of us. So this I is like that word picture. And yeah. as soon as you said that, I think one thing we want to make clear to all the listeners is as we talk about integrity and you use the word wholeness, which I love being undivided, make sure that nobody is thinking perfection. Like when we say the, there's um, the, the boat is, has integrity or the hull has integrity or whatever. I guess the best way I could put it is this, this morning I'm in a uh, accountability support group for pastors and youth pastors. I'm not leading that. I'm part of that. There's a leader. And one of the guys comes in and he slipped this week and he did end up looking at something pornographic, softcore on his phone. He was out of town at a conference back at his hotel room. But I believe this guy has integrity and he is, he's everything that I'm like, this, this is wholeness. This is the path to wholeness because he doesn't just focus on the ship above the surface. He's saying, Hey, here's what's happening that no one saw back in the hotel room. I need to get this out. We didn't even have to ask him that he's been in the group so long. He's like, here's what was going on with some of the emotions. Here's some things between my wife and I, here was some unmet needs, things like that. I also didn't have my phone fully protected. So he was just kind of working through it. We just sat there for 10 minutes. Nobody tried to like cross talk, correct him. Let me offer some biblical wisdom. You know, it's just, he was sharing, he was figuring things out. And all of us just affirm like, this is it. This is recovery. This that's, that's integrity. What you just did, you got it out. You brought it to the light. You're not trying to portray to all of us, this fake image, man. And as a Christian, for me, I know who Jesus, when you read through the gospels in the Bible, who he was the hardest on, it was those who were posers, spiritual posers. They portrayed to be something that they were not behind the scenes. And Jesus can always deal graciously with the behind the scenes stuff. He's just like, just be honest about it. I'm here to forgive you. That That's what he's all about. But these religious leaders, I was looking at it this morning. I think it's Matthew 23, but he's like, you guys are so concerned about cleaning the outside of the bowl. Almost like you're saying the top of the ship above the water, dude, it looks sweet. It's all waxed and polished, but the inside of the bowl is so gross and dead. It's just, that's what matters. He goes, clean them both. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you know, the inside of the bowl, again, uh, a lot of, a lot of guys will think the inside of the bowl, the gross part is, well, that's my bad behavior. But the gross part, yeah, bad behavior is part of that, but it's like, what about those unmet needs? I agree. What about that? those areas of weakness where you haven't um, built any strength? What, what about the wounds, that, 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 the things that happen to you? What about those emotions that are, that are just overwhelming you, but you don't have a place to deal with them? What about yep. those unmet desires that you you haven't even prioritized or gone after um, or even seen the good of them. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, 
that inward life where it's like it's suppressed and hidden and 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 so this is what I want to get into um, uh, this idea of nice guy syndrome. So there's a book. It's not a Christian book uh, for you guys who are Christians listening or, or you know faith based. Um, there's a book by Dr. Robert Glover called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And this is a Alice Cooper song, man. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that's not by, <laughs> by accident, but, um, Robert Glover wrote this book and, um, I kid you not, I think probably a majority of guys who listen to porn free radio should immediately buy this book right after you finish porn free, my book, uh, okay. shameless plug. This, no, I'm gonna get it. This book is really powerful and I'll tell you why. Um, he, uh, you know, just like a lot of good self-improvement books, he identifies a problem and names it. And it's such a clear thing. He's so good at zeroing in, even understanding the idea of it starts to give you some tools to, to see it, to see the pattern. And he calls it nice guy syndrome. And um, it's funny, before I had this word or phrase, I would say this all the time, um, boy, there's a lot of nice guys who listen to porn-free radio. You know, we've got a lot of Canadians who listen to porn-free radio, a lot of guys in, in uh, Minnesota, uh, a lot of guys from other cultures that are really polite, like the UK, and and uh, just, you know, we have guys in Rev Group Coaching who apologize if they talk over somebody. They're very nice guys. And I've always kind of gone, man, they're such nice guys, you know, doctors and people who are helping professionals, teachers. Why do they struggle with porn so much, right? It, it, it's such a weird thing. Like, why do nice guys struggle with porn so much? Because I, I kid you not, most of the guys I work with are super nice guys, guys that you would love to be around, guys that are always thinking of others. And I'm like, there's got to be a connection here. And so I just ordered it on my, uh, on Amazon. It's going to my Kindle now. Cha-ching. Did you use my affiliate code? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, you should have told me. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Go to recoveredman.com slash nice guy. No, just kidding. Uh, anyway, I'm joking. All right. So here, so let me just, let me give you just a, uh, tip of the iceberg for the nice guy syndrome. And as soon as I start explaining this, you guys are thinking you're going to get it and then get the book to get, get some more tools about dealing with it. But here it is. He says that a nice guy, his, his definition is a man who inaccurately internalized an emotional belief in childhood that they were not okay just as they are. Okay. So the idea is nice guy, is growing up and something happened in childhood where he started to internalize that, man, there was something about him that wasn't okay as he was. Um, for me, you know, the, the little belief that got in was I was unlovable. That there was just something about me that, that I wasn't okay. And so as a, as a survival tool, we develop this nice guy persona. And so we start focusing on this sort of external nice guy. And nice guys seek the approval of others. We're constantly looking for that affirmation from others that we're okay. And so we, 
are obsessed with an acceptable image of being good and being nice and being seen as nice. And, and so we end up hiding anything that we perceive to not be acceptable. Uh, flaws, mistakes, weakness, needs, wounds, anything uncomfortable, anything that might put someone off or cause conflict, we hide, we suppress. Um, and because we're nice guys, we put other people's needs and wants before our own. We want to help other people. We're, we're a fixer, mm-hmm. right? It's the way we're trying to, we're actually trying to give to get, you know, we're trying to, to give so we can get something right. Cause we don't feel good enough. Um, we sacrifice personal power, power. Sometimes we play the role of the victim, right? Every situations are out to get us. Um, we get disconnected from other men because a lot of times we perceive men as being very, um, you know, creating conflict and having power. And, and we, we try to avoid anything that's going to uh, potentially uh, line up with us not feeling okay. Um, and we get in relationships that are less than satisfying. They're kind of unbalanced sometimes because we're trying to people please and because we're trying to put other people's needs ahead of our own, we end up kind of imbalanced in relationships. We can be kind of caretakers and codependent. Yeah, so these are the deeper issues yeah. that are going on in a lot of men. This is what was going on in me in many ways. But yet when I go to a fantasy world of porn, I am always accepted. I am always approved. And I am always, um, in a false twisted way, loved, wanted, uh, and I'm very much in control. So, yeah. yeah. So, so what, what's interesting is because we're putting all this energy and creating this nice guy persona, because we're, our definition of integrity is being nice or being Mm -hmm. good and being seen as good we end up having all these places internally where our needs aren't met or where we're not seen or we don't actually, we don't actually get the approval we need or we want. And so then we try to get it in these unskillful ways, like going to porn and porn behaviors. There's other unskillful things we do. And I'll talk about that in just a second, but let me share three sort of operating principles that uh, Robert Glover uh, identifies. And this is, and he actually calls them covert commitments, meaning under the surface, subconsciously, this is what a good guy believes or a nice guy. All right. So here they are that listen to this. If I am a good guy, then everyone will love me and like me. Uh, and people I desire will desire me. Okay. If I'm a good guy, then everyone will love me and like me. So this is just something that's kind of playing. This is like a tape that's playing in the nice guy's back of his head. He doesn't even realize this is happening, but he's, he's going through life going, man, if I'm a good guy, then everyone will love me. This is, this is how I'm going to get my needs met. If I meet other people's needs without having to ask, then they'll meet my needs without having to ask, right? If I give something, then I'll get something. 
So if I'm a good guy, everyone will love me. If I meet people's needs, then they'll meet my needs. Now, here's the last one. If I do everything right, then I will have a smooth, problem-free life. Mm. Right? So we're obsessed with perfection, this acceptable image. We're giving to get, and we're hoping that if we're good enough, if we're seen as good enough, then we will be loved. We, people we desire will desire us. I got one word for this dude who believes these three things. <laughs> What's that? Dude, just totally disillusioned, man. That's that's how he's going to end up. Just it's it's a mirage. Like what he is thinking, his expectations. If I'm a good guy, everyone will love or like me. If I meet other people's needs, they're going to meet mine. And if I do everything right, it's going to be smooth sailing throughout my life. Like, man, that is not reality. Well, and again, I, a, a nice guy is going to walk around, and me, myself, I've, I've been this guy, is going to say, well, I don't really believe all that stuff. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to. I'm not, I don't believe that. I like to help people. I, I like to, I'm a servant. I like to, a lot of Christian guys will be like, you know, I, I like to do stuff for people without being asked and uh, pay it forward and, you know, kill them with kindness, all that kind of stuff. And, and it's kind of true, but if you really look at your behaviors, um, you'll see that there is a piece of this where these are sort of automatic things. This is how you do life. Your opera, even though you can maybe see sort of the, the faultiness of it here as we sort of explain it, you'll be helpless to keep staying in this pattern um, where you keep giving to get and you keep getting disappointed. So the problem with the nice guy syndrome is this strategy for going through life as a nice guy doesn't work. That's right. That's uh, why I was saying disillusion. Yeah, it's not yeah, going to work. It doesn't work. And so it leads to all these other things, procrastination. Why do people procrastinate? Well, a lot of times it's their fear of failure. They don't want to look bad. Uh, it leads to passive aggressiveness. What happens when you give to get and they don't and you don't get back what you wanted? You get mad. You feel entitled. Yeah. You feel like, hey, I did the dishes. Why isn't my wife having sex with me tonight? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, why were you doing the dishes? Were you doing the dishes just to be nice and to get love? And maybe she's tired, <laughs> right? Yep. Right? But but no, now I'm going to be passive aggressive. My wife's going to fall asleep and I'm going to jump on my phone. Um, addiction comes out of this, right? We're, you know, we have all these unmet expectations and desires around people that we can't control. So we want a world that we can control. We're, we're manipulative. And frankly, our needs are starving to be met. The more we show one thing and hide everything that's unacceptable, the more needs go unmet. And the more unmet needs in your life, the more cracks you have in the hull of that boat. And you end up with a bunch of relationships that are totally unbalanced and unfulfilling. You're, you're, you're not happy in the relationship. And the other person doesn't even know you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if there's all these cracks underneath, 
and the top of the boat looks great, and that's what everyone in your life sees, what they don't realize is the boat is steadily going down. It is taking on water. And then when it eventually completely sinks, you see people that are just like so suddenly surprised, like, oh, my gosh, did you hear what happened? What? I mean, wow. But the whole time there's been an issue. And that's the biggest thing. And and Dr. Glover points this out. And this is the thing that if you hear one thing today, listen to this. Nice guys are fundamentally dishonest. Mm. They are living a divided life. They are showing one thing and hiding everything else that's unacceptable or what they see as unacceptable. And um, I just got an email from a guy this week. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get permission to share to to read it, um, but he um, listen to this. He listened to episode one and two of Porn Free Radio, which I did in 2014. And I used to not be embarrassed about him. I used to be like the podcaster is like I'm not embarrassed of any of my episodes. They're all great. And then uh, and the joke with podcasters is if you're not embarrassed by episode one a little bit, you're you haven't been podcasting that long. <laughs> I and, agree. And I remember going back and listening to it and I just hear this timid guy talking. And I mean, I was telling the truth and there's value in, in those words. And some of those words got into the book even. So I, I don't discount those episodes, but man, I cringe when I hear him now. But he listened to episode one and two and he was weeping, he said, because it, it, it just connected so much at a heart level. Mm. But in his email, he was basically asking me, Matt, do I really need to talk about this with my wife? Like he was giving me three or four reasons why he shouldn't or maybe, you know, it wasn't a good idea for him to be honest with his wife. And of course, what is he thinking? Well, I don't want to tell her about my bad behavior, right? Because you know, she thinks of me as good. And so this is gonna, this is going to uh, kill her, right? That I'm, I've got these bad behaviors. If she finds out, right. she won't love me. Yeah. Like me. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough, he said something like, you know what? My wife is so loving and I bet you she would actually be able to handle this and she would, she would help me. But I, I don't want to put her through this. And, and what I heard was, I don't want to really be known and seen. I don't want her to see this weakness and these needs. I don't want her to see, yeah, of course the bad behavior. I don't want her to see these wounds. I don't want her to see these places where I'm not, you know, dealing with my emotions. Like I don't want to invite her into this place. I want to keep it the way it is. I want to still be the nice guy. Well, I missed, you said nice guys are fundamentally dishonest. That's what he was saying in the book. What did you say after that? I, just that they're living a divided life. That, gotcha. that they are not whole or intact. They are, they are showing one thing and suppressing anything that's unacceptable. And, and, and it's, it's not just the bad behavior. It's all those other things. And so they're not really... A whole person they're divided 
And the road to recovery, I think, has to include wholeness. It has to be intact. It's not just looking good. I used to uh, uh, lead a group, you know this, I I led a group at my church for men and women struggling in their sexuality, struggling in in relationships and um, wanting to to follow Jesus in a a healthy way, be in integrity. Um, And um, I used to come out, I did this teaching where I'd say, uh, and I don't remember which scripture I used, but I would basically say, I think all of you are good gifts, meaning God created you in his image. You're all good gifts. Um, you know, the emotional uh, belief that the, the nice guy believes is that they're not okay as they are. And I, I basically was saying, you're all good gifts. You were all created uh, in the image of God. You're all good gifts. You're all okay. That's what I'm basically saying to them. And, th- and then I would have this one phrase. I said, but I think some of you are more... <laughs> invested in looking like good gifts and looking good than actually living as good gifts, like being whole. Like if I could just say, hey, let me do a magic wand and you're going to look good, but you don't have to deal with the pain. You don't have to deal with the weaknesses. You don't have to deal with the emotions that are out of control. You might choose that bargain. You might say, I want the looking good and I don't want to do the work. You know, I get what you're saying. Like you have to start with people you were created. Well, you know, I know some of your listeners are not Christians. So from a Christian perspective, you were created in the image of God. That right there in and of itself makes you something good, special, sacred. Even you need to understand that. But then I always make sure I help people. They'll say, yeah, but what about this? I'm like, no, I'm not overlooking the fact that in that you still came into this world flawed. You have a sinful heart. There are things in there that are not right. God sees that and his heart is, I want to come and redeem that, change that, whatever. So I don't want Christians to misinterpret what you're saying by like, I'm telling you, you're a good gift. You're not negating i know you well enough and where you stand theologically to say no i'm not saying a person doesn't have a sin struggle no they do and that's why we've got to help them address these things that are going on oftentimes like you and i've talked about again and again you've helped me see it the sin struggle that becomes this habit this addiction this detriment is oftentimes because you've got a mistaken belief about yourself And you are also, um, you're just not addressing a lot of the wounds, the unmet needs. Dude, we all, we all fall short, but the reason some of us continue to repeatedly fall and it becomes just destructive patterns is because we're not doing the deeper digging. Um, and I'm not trying to, you know, schmooze you, flatter you, but the book porn free does a great job if it doesn't make anything else clear, it's that porn is not your main issue or problem. It's not. And that's what you've got to dig deeper. Because even if we remove the porn behavior, if somebody was with you 24-7, 
365, just standing there. If Matt followed you around just to make sure you never look at porn, he's with you in your sleep and whatever, there's still something down deep that you've yet to address. And I can guarantee if you don't turn to porn, you will find other things to try to um, bandage with. Um, Does that make sense, man? Yeah, for sure. And, um, and this, the pattern with porn, I think, and, and, and one of the reasons why guys continue to fail in recovery is they're still fundamentally operating under that idea. Well, if I do everything right, then I'll be okay. I'll have that smooth and problem free life. And the problem is, um, if all you're addressing is your behavior, it's kind of like you're only addressing one aspect and and uh, and all those other things, all those other cracks, will will stay big, big will become bigger problems in your life. Yeah, it's funny when guys check in with me, and it was you and a couple other guys that helped me see this. But with the guys that I've done some coaching with and some small groups, when they check in, I think they're like, well, "When are you going to ask me about how I did with purity?" <laughs> because oftentimes, like I'm. I, that's not the first thing I'm asking. I'm trying to like, how are you doing with your wife? How are you feeling? Like you were saying, like, what's, what's the big emotions that came up this week? And did you take any time for self-care? What did you do to just have fun and relax this week? What made you laugh? What made you come alive? And they're just like, not everybody, a lot of guys get it now, but some guys, and unfortunately sometimes it's the Christian guys are just like, that's not what I'm here for. Like, are you, am I checking in about purity or what? <laughs> like, yeah, man. Well, I was, I always think it's funny when a guy, you know, in the old ways, people, you know, a lot of times in recovery groups, you know, you would have a check-in and people will always lead with the, um, with the big relapse or slip or whatever. And they're always, they always say something along the lines, I don't know how it happened, this or that. And so in our groups, we don't, we don't lead with that. We actually, if someone starts talking about a slip or a mistake, I'm like, whoa, 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 let's start with our feelings. Let's start with what are some of the big feelings coming up with you? And so then they'll be like, well, you know, I was dealing with rejection this week. I was, this whole thing was happening at work. My wife's doing this, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you hear these, you hear these really challenging situations big situations, you know, I got COVID. I, I 90% mm-hmm. of the guys, 95% of the guys I work with, when they got COVID and had to isolate, if they felt sick, a lot of times they acted out. Yep. People just yeah, let me weren't. say something about that. I want you to finish, but guys, I deal with Lyme disease and chronic pain daily. It, when you are in that much pain and you are that miserable, and you've had porn in your life since you were a kid. I am telling you, man, it is a major trigger. And it just is like, I just want to escape. And so I've had to learn with Matt helping me and some others. That is not the time to isolate. That is a time to get connected and reach out. I love what you and your guest on the last uh, episode I listened to, the guy with one year pure, is his name Aaron? Aaron from South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. But he was just saying something. Um, oh gosh. He said, uh, 
I just lost, I just went blank, but it was about, um, not isolating and, um, actually staying connected. Like that was the times when he really started having the breakthroughs. So I kind of lost my train of thought, man. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I, well, just to, to back up a second. I mean, my point about bringing up COVID was, um, just the, the feelings and the, and the actual physical, uh, sickness, um, and the isolation, like literally having to isolate for five days or 10 days in the last, you know, a couple of years ago, it was 10 days. Um, and you're in pain. Yeah. Yeah. You're alone. You're in pain. It just, um, and you know, there was some existential dread when it first started, you know, people thought maybe this is it. Maybe I'm one of those statistics, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it hits on a lot of levels. And my point is, when guys check in about these big feelings coming up, these situations in their life, and then we get to the A in the fast check-in, which is activities and recovery, what activities and recovery you do, when they say, hey, I didn't really do anything this week, then when they get to S, which is slip report, unsound activity, anything that maybe is getting in the way of them being porn-free, and and they're like, well, I don't know why I acted out. It's like, well, I'll tell you why you acted out. You got big situations and challenges, big feelings coming up. You didn't do any of your habits. Well, of course you acted out. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, it's not rocket science. You, yep. you, you, were, um, you weren't addressing those emotional needs. You weren't building any habits. You weren't staying connected or intact. And so that big crack opened up in your week. Yeah. Um, Christian guys can sometimes be the worst, like how, um, you know, your last guest was talking about this, like where they beat themselves up um, more than the agnostic or the atheist sometimes. And I'm all about proper shame, like where you did a shameful act. Say you went to a strip club, you cheated on your wife. You should feel shame, but you don't want to stay in shame. Cause it's going to repeat the cycle, but the, uh, I just see a lot of guys that they feel the shame. They just, they stay there. They wallow in it. I'm like, accept it. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm blanking, man. It could be my Lyme disease. You're gonna have to edit this. One yeah, back. no, I'm not going to edit it. I, I, I'm going to follow you. I, I, I'm so tracking with what you're saying. I'm so tracking with what you're saying. You know, um, a lot of that, a lot of that shame hanging on to the shame, right? Um, is going back to that fundamental idea that we're not okay. Mm. Uh, and we think that the behavior, the, the unskillful thing we did, whether it's a strip club, I mean, we could, we could do a minor behavior. We could do a big, you know, a big uh, front page news scandal. And it doesn't matter really what it is. Um, it reinforces the idea that we're not okay, that we're unlovable or bad. We, we internalize shame is, is not just saying we did a bad thing. It's saying we are bad. Mm. Um, and that just reinforces this nice guy syndrome where, well, it's like, we don't want to be that. So we got to work harder at doing everything right. Mm. We got to do harder at being that good guy and being seen as that good guy. And be, and we become obsessed with that acceptable image and it just feeds itself because the more, the harder we go at it, doing everything right, perfectionism, being the good guy, let let me put everyone else's needs ahead of mine. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna meet needs without 
uh, you know, having to ask for that or having people to ask, I'm just going to do everything perfect. It, it just, it feeds on itself and we get stuck again back in the, the fear of failure, the passive aggressiveness, and then we go right back to addiction. Yeah, I know what I was going to say. It was where uh, Christian guys, they just want to sometimes be like, and I did it, you know, if I just would get more serious about my relationship with God or if I would just like rededicate my life, they'll use all these terms and they're just like, you know, I just, I got to, if I would just walk in the spirit more and they, they keep throwing things out, but they haven't gone through like when you do your fast check-ins, that's what I was going to say is dude, I get everything you're saying with your biblical language, but you've missed all these other things that have contributed and made the ideal situation. Things are primed for you to go and do something that would, you know, compromise your integrity and that is going to really sink your ship eventually if you continue on in it. But they, uh, they just don't want to do that. They're just like, man, if I would just get more serious, I just hear all these different terms. And, and the, then you guys brought up even last week uh, in that interview about a guy that's like, if he's lacking connection in his life and community, because maybe he's got COVID, maybe there's lockdowns or other stuff. And he's like, if I would just get up more, you know, earlier in the morning and get all alone and have a longer quiet time or devotion time with God and you said that that does have its place and that's good. But what you're needing is not more isolation. You've got to get connected with people and be in community. And I was, that really resonated with that because I can easily be a loner and extra, I mean, an introvert a lot of times. And I have to make myself get in community, get in connection. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the hope for nice guys out there. This is not a bag on nice guy session, right? We've all been there. I mean, one of the reasons Jason and I got connected with porn and why this pattern was so profound in our life was this very thing. Not dealing with needs, not dealing with weakness, not dealing with wounds, not dealing with desires or emotions in a proper way, leading to these cracks getting into the trap of trying to show one thing and live that divided life. That's the strategy we all on some level cultivated. Um, it's the strategy. The guy who emailed me this week is still trying to cultivate. How can I recover? How can I get wholeness and be intact? But can I not tell my wife and not hurt her? Mm. You know, it's like his, his, it's like he really is, he wants that acceptable image. Integrity to him is still being good, being mm. nice. And and so to get through this, I mean, definitely pick up the book, but to get through this, you need to expand your idea of recovery and integrity. It has to start to include wholeness, intactness. And those weaknesses, those wounds, those emotions that are not dealt with those desires those powerful desires they need to be addressed uh we were talking in rev group last night about the idea of um um hold on one second why now i'm blanking i, I think i'm i got your <laughs> your brain fog now um yeah um hang on let me get my note just just fill in for a second talk for a second 
I'm just going to play some Van Halen right now. Oh, here we go. This is it. <laughs> we're tied all together with this. Uh, we were talking about this quote um, that I think Craig Parra kind of paraphrases, and I think it originally goes back to a Carl Jung idea. But what we resist persists. Hmm. What we resist persists. And, um, um, and so... If we are resisting dealing with our needs, if we're resisting dealing with our weaknesses and our fears, if we're resisting uh, uh, dealing with our wounds and our emotions, they will persist. They will actually grow larger. That's mm. the, um, they will actually become more of an issue in our life. And our our and this is what Carl Jung said. The the old. Uh, psychiatrist, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. um, he, he was talking about how a lot of times we have a childlike way of wanting to stay a child and we don't want to grow up. We want to hang on to this comfort and safety of, of avoiding and, and suppressing. And yet leaning into these things that we're resisting these, these, this looking bad, this letting go of the nice guy image, the dealing with our weakness, dealing with our wounds, all those kind of powerful things. That's actually how we're going to grow. That's how we're going to integrate. That's how we're going to become whole and undivided. Yeah, I would rather, I love everything you're saying. And the, the last thing that really hit me before we wrap up is stop being a nice guy, be a real guy i not nobody expects you to be a perfect guy stop being a nice guy be a real guy like that is where the healing recovery transformation growth that's where it's at get real man love it all right man we did it we got out of our funk uh and we did a podcast that i think is a great podcast i think there's really good things we talked about this will be worth listening to again for you guys who like to listen once on the gym and then what, take notes and stuff. I think there's some great things to learn from this podcast. So thanks so much, Jason. Oh, the growl. It's, it's got, <laughs> I had to do it, man. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, this is a four growl episode, you know, like four stars. <laughs> yeah. So no, thanks for having me, man. I yeah. love it. Well, and guys, um, you got to check out the Grizz podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search the Grizz G R I Z uh, podcast uh, where wherever you get your podcast and hit subscribe. Um, great stuff on that podcast. I've been loving some of the more recent episodes. He he's done a couple porn focused episodes and getting getting the heck away from porn. And um, so you know, for some of you guys are looking for some other voices, you know, you're tired of hearing my tried up, my dried up stories and, and stuff like that. Definitely uh, hit subscribe uh, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks, man. Now I would just like to introduce y'all to the man, the myth, the legend, the MVP front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me. I'm right here in Beemore outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Matt Dobbs shoots. In the flesh. Yes, sir. 
And to get the uh, show notes for this episode, go to recoveredman.com slash 281. Recoveredman.com slash 281. I'll link to that Robert Glover book. I'll link to the Grizz podcast. You guys, this week, take hope, take action, be good. Can I get a Grizz growl? <laughs>